Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Inna alhamdulillah nahmaduhu wa nasta'inu wa nasta'gfiruh. Wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina min sayyati amalina. Man yahdihillah falamudillalah. Wa man yudlil falantajida lahu waliyan murshida. Wa ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah al-ahadul qahhar. وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون Indeed all praise and thanks belongs to Allah tabarak wa ta'ala alone We seek his help, his assistance and guidance in all things He whom Allah tabarak wa ta'ala guides there is none that can misguide him And he whom Allah tabarak wa ta'ala leads astray there is none that can guide him Except through the will and permission of Allah Taala alone. And I bear witness and testify that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah. And that Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib al-Hashmi al-Qurashi was the final messenger and prophet sent to all of mankind. O oh, you who believe, fear Allah. Fear Allah as he deserves to be feared. And do not die except in a state of Islam. Do not die except that you are Muslims. Rabbi shrahli sadri li amri. وَحْلُ الْعُقْدَةً مِّنْ لِسَانِ يَفْقَهُ قَوْلِي Alhamdulillah, this is lesson 7 in our tafsir reading, tafsir unlocked. And today we are going to cover the verse that is very, very important. الرحمن الرحيم Now, we have to start off obviously with what does الرحمن الرحيم mean? What do these two words mean? So we kind of covered on it, touched upon it briefly when? Let's see when you guys are awake, huh? Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. So we kind of touched upon it, and we said we're going to do a little bit more of a, يعني, explanation when we get to this verse here. So the first point to note is that these two words are the names of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and what these two words are built upon is the Arabic word Ar-Rahma, Ar-Rahma. So Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah he mentions. That the majority opinion, the majority opinion is that Ar-Rahman is built upon and stems from the word Ar-Rahma, which means mercy. But it is a form of extravagance. Al-Mubalagha. Now this word is sometimes translated, I believe mistakenly, as exaggerated or an exaggeration. But this word, if you say it's exaggeration, it means that it's beyond the truth. It's going above what is true and is exaggerating the truth. Yani, what it's coming to, the end result, is not its reality, it's exaggerated. Meaning, there's a form of element of that which is not true. As a form of boasting or whatever it is. But over here, we say al-mubalagha over here is a form of showing extravagance. Going above and beyond, showing the highest point of something. Clear? Clear? Alhamdulillah. We got our local car. Silver Lexus. Yani the brother who's doing very well, mashallah alayhi. <laughs> May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect and preserve his wealth. And him, ya Rab. Now, I forgot to ask you. Yani something very important. Imam Al-Qurtabi died when? 671. <laughs> forget that. So over here... What is al-mubalagha? Is it an yani, exaggeration? 
extravagance. It shows something that's showing the highest point at its highest form when it's very, very, yani, think of a word and then yani, on steroids, and then that word, right, that perfect form, yani, not the effect of steroids. I'm saying when you put something and then you boast it, but not in a form of lying, right? Not as an exaggeration. Okay, so it is a form to show extravagance. Imam Al-Qurtubi, rahimahullah, he says, its meaning, yani Ar-Rahman, what does it mean? The one attributed with mercy. Dhu'r-Rahma. The one who's attributed with mercy. A mercy that has no rival. A mercy that has no mathil. There's no one that has a mercy like the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is nothing that exists that has a mercy that can rival the mercy of Allah wa ta'ala. Now is Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim the same thing? Okay, it, because why this comes is because Ibn Kathir rahimahullah, he states and others before him, they've mentioned that Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, they both stem from the word Ar-Rahma. They both stem from the word Ar-Rahma. Okay, mercy, but in a form of extravagance. So they're both stemming from the same thing. So now the discussion is, are they the same thing? Do they denote the same meaning? So, Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he says, there has been a difference of opinion regarding its meanings. Is it a single meaning? Yani, do they mean the same thing? Or are they two individual meanings? Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he states, the majority opinion is that Ar-Rahman, he says this, subhanAllah, it's a very specific thing, right? He says, Ar-Rahman is a very specific name, but general in its effect. You're going to understand this in a little bit when we get to the commentary of it. But he says, Ar-Rahman is a very specific name, but general in its effect. Whereas Ar-Rahim is a very general name, but very specific in its effect. Everyone get the difference? What's the difference? This is not khair, it's for you. Yeah? Oh, no? Okay. Ar-Rahman, is it a general name or a specific name? It's a specific name. What's its effect? Is it general or specific? General. Ar-Rahim, is it specific or general? The name? Okay. Is its effect specific or general? Specific. Okay. Abu Ali al-Farisi, rahimahullah, who says, as quoted by Imam al-Qurtubi, rahimahullah, that Ar-Rahman is a general mercy. Ar-Rahman is a general mercy. Bismillah. That is exclusively from Allah. Ar-Rahman, I know this, يعني, it goes against what we said about the word, but he says, listen carefully. Ar-Rahman is a general mercy, not a general name. Is a general mercy that is exclusively from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whereas Ar-Rahim is exclusive to the believers. So Ar-Rahman is something that is more general. Ar-Rahim is more specific to the believers. And he says, just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said, وَكَانَ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَحِيمًا And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with the believers exclusively merciful. يعني, with the mu'mineen, there's a mercy that's not like everyone else. They don't get the same type of mercy as everyone else. No. بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَحِيمًا That's, That specific mercy is from them. Al-Arzami, 
Rahimahullah, which is the second time we've taken a quote from his, he says, as mentioned by Imam Al-Qurtubi Rahimahullah in his tafsir, Ar-Rahman is the merciful to all of his creation. Ar-Rahman is merciful, is the merciful to all of his creation. The mercy of the rain, the senses, yani sight, smell, touch, taste, and the sense of hearing, the five senses, yani, and the other general mercies, other than it, yani. So it's something that's over-encompassing, right? Overreaching, something that covers all things. Mercy, Ar-Rahman, general mercy. Everything is covered under it. Whereas he says, Ar-Rahim is, is, is exclusive mercy to the believers. Ar-Rahim is exclusive mercy to the believers through his guidance for them, because he's guided them to Islam. So through his guidance for them and his kindness and generosity towards them. His kindness and generosity towards who? The believers. So something specific over here to the believers. Imam Tabari rahimahullah, he quotes a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that Isa ibn Maryam, يعني, alayhi salam, he mentions, يعني, but this hadith has weakness in it, it is da'if, but it's mentioned. He says, Ar-Rahman is the merciful in the next world and this world. Ar-Rahman, general mercy, right? Ar-Rahman is the merciful in this world and the next world. Whereas Ar-Rahim is merciful in the next, in the afterlife. Now over here, are you getting the slight differences between them? Okay, alhamdulillah, that's important. Okay. Imam Al-Tabari rahimahullah, now Ibn Al-Mubarak rahimahullah, afwan, he says, as mentioned by Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, that Ar-Rahman is the one who gives when asked. Ar-Rahman is the one when you ask him, he gives you. Whereas Ar-Rahim is the one when he is not asked, he becomes angered. Allahu Akbar. Ar-Rahman is the one that when you ask him, he gives you. Whereas Ar-Rahim is the one that if you don't ask him, he becomes angry with you. This shows the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he becomes angry when you don't come to him. Subhanallah, يعني, Imam Al-Qurtubi, rahimahullah, he mentions poetry, right? About this meaning, this specific meaning. And about the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that whoever does not ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah becomes angered with him. Whoever doesn't ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah becomes angered with him. So he says that the poets have made couplets of poetry regarding this and they have said, Allahu yaghdabu in tarakta su'alahu wa baniyu adama hina yus'alu yaghdabu. Allah is angered if you stop asking him. And the son of, the son of Adam is angered when you ask him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala becomes angry when you don't ask him. But when you ask someone, this bloke keeps asking me, man. What a head doer, right? Like, all right, one time, all right, now second time, the bloke keeps coming back, man. I just helped you out one time, like, get out of my way. That's how Bani Adam is. And subhanallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to be asked for everything. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is supposed to be asked for everything. Hatta Aisha radiallahu anha, she narrates that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for every single thing that you need. Everything that you need. Even if it's what? Shisr, the, the shoelace of your shoe. If it cuts, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that. Yani, a shoelace, if it breaks, something as a minute as a shoelace, you're supposed to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for it. Right now we think you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you're going to get married, Ya Allah, make her the one, you know what I mean? Ya Allah, if she's not written for me, yani, you make all these du'as, right? Ya Allah, oh when you have an exam, Ya Allah, Allahumma la Allahumma La sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla Right, there's, no, there's nothing, no ease except what you make easy, right? You make all these du'as when you got something important in your life, istikhara, you know what I mean? <laughs> you do all these du'as, right? But when it comes to these basic things, right? When you drop your key, mathalan, or when you lose something, when you do something that's minute in your eyes, you're supposed to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for anything that you need. Anything that you need. Yani before you ask everyone around, like, where's my key? Where's my wallet? Ya Allah, guide me to my wallet. Ya Allah, guide me to my key. Something as basic as that. Yani quick fixes. But you get rewarded for it. You actually get rewarded to come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this way because it shows your tawakkul to Him. It shows that your reliance is with Allah and you understand la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. There's no might, no power except through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Anyways. Imam al-Baghawi rahimahullah who died when? Huh? You sure? You should have been because it is 516. 516. And you have to be ready for that. This is astaghfirullah. Imam al-Baghawi who died in the year 516. He says that the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the mercy of Allah, the rahmah of Allah, what is it? He says it is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants goodness for those who follow him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants khair for those who follow him. And he says, it has been said. This one is this one's good, mashallah. He says, Imam al-Baghawi rahimahullah says, that it has been said, that what is the rahmah of Allah, what is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? He says that it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not punishing the one who deserves it. The rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not punish the one who deserves it and gives blessings to the one who doesn't deserve it. That is the rahmah of Allah. That is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I want you to contemplate, I want you to think about this. When you sin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala immediately does not take away your health, your eyesight, your hearing, your sense of touch, your sense of smell. He doesn't يعني, take away and you don't drop dead immediately, nothing happens to you, no bolt of lightning, no thunderstorm, any hail just on top of you. It doesn't happen like that, right? <laughs> One guy got the joke. <laughs> and it doesn't happen like that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even though you deserve his punishment, how many of the mushrikeen are outside? How many of the kafara are outside? How many of the fujara are outside? How many of those who are murderers outside? Pedophiles, whatever you name it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not take every single person, even if they deserve it, that then and then, يعني, in that moment, in that lahza. He doesn't take them. So he does not punish those who deserve it. Right? Even in the akhirah, 
even in the Akhirah, if you sin and your sin is between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then he can do two things. He can either punish you through his justice, you deserved it. You did this sin against him, you deserve this punishment. Or he can forgive you through his mercy. You're not, you don't deserve either of it. Right? You're not. So anywhere you go, you can't say I've been wrong done by. Right? You either deserved his punishment because he's just, or you, you could have been blessed by his mercy. Subhanallah. So this is the mercy that Imam Baghawi rahimahullah says that it has been said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this mercy, what is it? That Allah does not punish the one who deserves it. Right? And he gives blessings to the one who doesn't. Even when you don't deserve it And the kafara and the fajara that are outside These يعني, general blessings Everyone receives Everyone receives Even if you don't deserve it And if we had to look deep down Then we would say that every single one of us sins So not, none of us truly deserve the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That we receive Both ways That if he wanted to It would be just if he took us into account And punished us now and it would be just if he removed the blessings from us at this point because we sin. Both ways we're getting blessings. Subhanal Khaliq. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is merciful to us in both ways. Subhanallah. Now, why are they repeated one after another? Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Right? So we have to go back for this one. I had to go back. A lot of this I actually had to go back to Bismillah Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Because a lot of the scholars have mentioned all of this يعني, uh, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim when it came there. So Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah says when regarding when they were mentioning the basmalah Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim that Qatada rahimahullah he says that it is a form of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praising himself Ar-Rahman ar-Rahim it is repeated as a form of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praising himself Qutrub rahimahullah he says that it is possible to state that they are joined for the reason of emphasis they emphasize one another they highlight one another, right? They, they show that one proves the other one and then they both push each other and make each other stronger. يعني. Think about it that way. So it's a form of emphasis that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has this form of mercy. He, now, another thing that is mentioned that is very interesting, he says, Imam al-Qurtubi brings this issue of why is ar-Rahman ar-Rahim mentioned after Rabbil Alameen? So we say Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Then we say Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim What's the point of it being right after Rabbil Alameen? Why? Now, Imam Al-Qurtubi Rahimahullah He says That after Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala Described himself as Rabbul Alameen Rabbil Alameen in the verse As the Lord and Master of all that exists the Lord and Master of all that exists other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He then describes himself as Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. He then describes himself as Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. He says, this is because when he was described as the Lord and the Master of all that exists other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it denotes that which instills fear. It's causing you to have fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Generally, which is a tarheeb a tarheeb That which inc- يعني, f- makes you feel the, يعني, When you need to venerate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala But يعني, usually it's useful When you have to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Through his glory and magnificence 
Okay? So, this is why he says that he linked it to Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim due to what it signifies and encourages with At-Targhib. With that which encourages the hope towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So over here, the first one, it, what it has is At-Targhib. It's kind of making you think about why you need to be on point. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Lord and the Master of all that exists other than Allah. The heavy meaning, strong meaning. And then right after is Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Right? General mercy, specific mercy to the believers. So over here, this encourages hope. He says, this is so that it can, then it can, so that it can be combined in his characteristics between his fear and a hope and a desire towards him. Why are they combined? Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. So that it can be combined in his characteristics. Fee, that which you fee, and that which you hope and desire towards. Right? By it, he says, it encourages and helps his worship. It helps and encourages his worship. Through giving you hope. Through giving you hope. Whilst also preventing one to stray, stray from his worship. So when you fear him, you're not going to stray. And when you know that he's merciful, he has a specific mercy towards you, then it encourages you to do this good. Just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who's saying this? Imam who? Qurtubi rahimahullah. Just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said in Surah Al-Hijr, verse 49 and 50, وَأَنَّ عَذَابِي هُوَ الْعَذَابُ الْأَلِيمِ Inform my slaves that indeed I am Al-Ghafoor Al-Rahim <coughs> which generally translates to I am the one who forgives the merciful. The next verse straight after this is so wet outside, it feels like it's a desert in my throat right now. <laughs> and that indeed, the next verse is, and that indeed my punishment is the painful punishment. The first verse is inform my slaves that indeed I am Al-Ghafoor Al-Rahim. Right? The most yani the one who the one who forgives and the merciful. And the next verse right after it is what? عذابي, that my punishment is what? That it's, a, it's the painful punishment. It's a painful punishment. So over here... Afwan. <coughs> and he mentions another verse, Surah Ghafir, verse 3. غافر الذنب وقابل التوب شديد العقاب ذي الطول The forgiver of sin and acceptor of repentance, the severe in punishment and infinite in bounty. Over here, these verses, right after each other, Right? Gives you hope and then shows you that it's not just all hope, there's something that you need to fear. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Yes, I accept repentance. Yes, 100%. I accept repentance. But I also punish. So no one can say, oh, Allah forgives all sin. Right? The brothers that doubt with dawat, they know this joke. It keeps going every, like almost weekly, right? Allah forgives all sin. Allah forgives everything, right? They miss the other verse. They stop reading the Quran at that point. 
That's all they that's all they remember from it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives all sin. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is merciful. He has the mercy, right, to the believers. I'm a, I'm a believer, so I can do whatever I want. I don't have to you know, do anything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forbade me from because why? Allah knows that I'm like this and I'm gonna just come back to him in tawbah and that's it. They forget reading the next verse that if you run amok with it. If you continue pursuing in that way, yes, Allah will punish you as well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take you accord for what you have done. So don't play games with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yes, accepts tawbah, but he also forgives. Okay, bismillah. Imam al-Qurtubi rahimahullah references the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the hadith that is found in Sahih Muslim with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he says as narrated by Abu Hurairah radiallahu an that if the believer were to know what is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from punishment then no one would hope to enter the paradise and if the non-believer were to know that what is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with that what is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of mercy Then no one would despair of entering the paradise If someone looks at the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala They think that khalas, we're all done We're all going to Jahannam But when someone looks at the mercy and the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Then they think khalas, then no one's going to Jahannam Because of how vast the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is So if you focus on one and not thinking about the other There's going to be a disparity in what you do Right, so it's يعني, Subhanallah this is where we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be in like this sweet spot where it's not completely fearful, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is looking for you to just slip one time and you're in Jahannam. Right? One slip and that's you're done. One nadra, gone. Right? Jahannam, straight away, all your life, eternity. Right? For one slip up. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not looking for that. Right? He's Rahim. He's Rahman. He wants good for those who follow him. However, that doesn't mean that Allah doesn't punish. So if you go and you start sinning with no care and you just think, oh Allah is Rahman Rahim, and you don't look at the punishments Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed. For for instance, riba, right? That يعني, which you're eating in yourself is يعني, fire. Or for instance, if you take the, the wealth of the orphans, right? You literally, you're only eating wealth that is going to what? Burn your insides. Or for instance, zina. We know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has showed the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the type of punishments of those who commit zina. I'm going to marry you. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> zina is zina. Right? It doesn't work like that. And for instance, of taking wealth that's not for you through injustice. Or cheating someone, or and all of these things that we know, يعني, the one who does riba, namima, buhtan, we know all of these things, all of these issues, we know that there are specific punishments for them. Even the punishment, akramakumullah, of going to the bathroom and not washing yourself, we know that what the punishment is in the grave. So, yes, Allah forgives, but yes, Allah also punishes. So, what do you have to do? You have to be in a sweet spot, not completely reliant, but also hoping for the hope and mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but you're fearful of the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that your deeds will not be accepted. You have to be in that not completely hopeful and not completely fearful. 
And some people have this يعني, understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah, it's sad. They don't enjoy the beauty of that relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where Allah loves. Allah is compassionate. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is merciful. They don't, they don't think about that. All they think about is Jahannam, Jahannam, Jahannam. Right? Adab al-Qabr, Adab al-Qabr. That's all it is. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not one-dimensional like that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has characteristics. So if you do that which angers him, he will be angered. But if you come back with tawbah, if you come back with يعني, that which Allah loves, and do good, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove that. Anyways, continuing. Why is Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim repeated so soon after the mentioning of Basmala? Bismillah Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Over here, it's right after each other. Imam Al-Tabari, Rahimahullah, who died when? 310. Too slow, man in purple. Um, through <laughs> Imam Al-Tabari, Rahimahullah, who died in the year 310, he says, this is an evidence for us so I'm going to ask you what the position that he holds is. But this is a evidence for us against the one who falsely claims. Very blanket words that he's using, right? This is an evidence for us against the one who falsely claims that Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim is a verse from Surah Al-Fatiha. <laughs> right? Imam Al-Tabari Rahimahullah says this is an evidence for us against those who falsely claim against those against the one who falsely claims that Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim is a verse from Surah Al-Fatiha what's the position of Imam Tabari from this line huh it's part of it it's part sorry wait help me understand it is it a part of it or not no okay good just, just checking okay Imam Tabari rahimahullah is on the opinion Yani very vehemently, yani very strongly as well, that Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim is not part of Surah Al Fatiha. Now, he says, if it were this way, then it would have been a repetition of the same verse without, with the same meaning without a separation to separate them. This is not present in anywhere in the Quran that two verses which are side by side, repeated by the same words of each other, giving the same meanings. And you never have a Rahman al-Rahim, al-Rahman al-Rahim anywhere in the Quran or any verse like that. There's always something to separate them. <clears throat> he says, How is a verse repeated in a single chapter? Is that between the two? Is that which separates the two? So think of Ar-Rahman, right? Surah Ar-Rahman, and think of what, what's the verse? I don't know, in Surah Ar-Rahman. Right? Thank you. You have to come closer then. You have to come closer. You have to come closer then. Yeah, if you're gonna khalas, you missed it. So over here, something is the, the verse is never repeated side by side. There's always something there to يعني, differentiate the two verses. Now then he goes on to a very long discussion of why Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen in between is not something that separates the two, but rather it's the same thing. I'm just, يعني, let's just stop at there. يعني, the position is of his that he is on the opinion that it is not a verse of Fatiha. What? What isn't a verse of Fatiha? I'm not looking at you. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Okay. <laughs> Too much pressure, huh? <laughs> okay. Now, can anyone else be called a Rahman? No? Huh? Is that a. 
Yes. Yes. Can anyone be called Ar-Rahman? Okay, no. Can anyone be called Rahman without the Alif Lam? Ooh. Big fatwa is coming out of this place today, huh? MashaAllah. Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah says that this is a specific name. This is a specific name to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is not permissible to call anyone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by this name. He says, do you not see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, says, has said, قُلْ اِدْعُوا اللَّهَ أَوْ اِدْعُوا الرَّحْمَانِ Say, call unto Allah or call unto Ar-Rahman. Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah says, he made equal to his name, to Allah, Ar-Rahman, a name that no one else shares with him. Okay? Historically, this is something important. Historically, the first one other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to use this word was who? Who can tell me? Does anyone know? I saw you will have my yani, respect for a long time. I'm going to give you this one. If someone knows tarikh in this way, if they know the seerah in this way, who was someone who took on the name of Rahman in the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for other than Allah? Who was it? It's fine, it's fine. It was very serious. You would have been in my good books, you know what I mean? Now the first one historically who did this was Musaylama al-Kathab. Musaylama, the false prophet, the liar. And he was alive in the time of the Prophet sallallahu and he had like funny Quran and everything. And it's hilarious. But <clears throat> he was the person who called himself Rahmanul Yamama. Rahmanul Yamama. The one who's the merciful over the place where he was from, Yamama. So Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah says that because of this, he, it, يعني, it was made specific to him to be called Al-Kathab because of this reason. Because he said Rahman Al-Yamama. Because not about the, the whole false prophet thing. That was, this word, him trying to rival himself with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this was the reason. Yes, he was a liar because of that too. right? But this was the reason why Musaylam Al-Kathab was called Al-Kathab, the liar. And he says, يعني, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kind of made it obligatory upon him, specific on him, to be called Al-Kathab, the liar. Why? Because he took on this name of <coughs> Rahman Al-Yamama. And with this, my brothers and sisters, we conclude the tafsir of Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, insha'Allah. Next week, we will go on to the next verse. Barakallahu feekum. I know today was a bit short, but alhamdulillah, kullu khair. Uh, next week we'll go through a lot more and we had the ASWJ conference so we kind of stifled the preparation uh, trip to Melbourne you know what I mean it's a very long drive uh, but inshallah next week will be longer barakallahu feekum and we'll see you next week assalamu alaikum wa barakatuh this program was presented by Al Bayan Radio the voice of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah